0: Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything.
1: Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Radically Loved Podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest. I've been looking forward to having this conversation with Salema for a long, long time. And thank you so much for being here. <laughs>
2: I'm excited. We have been working on having this conversation for a while now. So yes. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy to join you.
1: Yeah. We're doing some uh, scheduling aerobics, you know, it's, it's just that thing. I was really moved by the work that you do and and obviously, you know, sharing a little bit of my background, you could understand why some of these initiatives are so inspiring and it, it really It gives me hope in the midst of a world that is sometimes feels like it's locked in chaos that we feel like, oh, there's no way there's no joy in the world anymore. There's no way we can achieve moments of fullness or connection with anything because we feel so stuck. So if you would do us the honor of just sharing a little bit of your background.
2: Well, yeah, it's a wild world out there. But a, a wild world filled with, I believe, more connection and and actual positivity than we have access to, because everybody wants to tell the darkest stories, mm-hmm. and in turn, I I, th- I feel like the darkest energy has the best publicists, and in turn, the things that that we amplify end up being more contagious. So I just love that I get to be on a on a platform with someone who's about you know showing the other side of the coin and how bright it shines you know and for me my background i grew up in i'm first generation american my mother was from haiti my father was from south africa my dad was a political exile who escaped the apartheid the racist apartheid regime of south africa came to america and found his way in music and as he made it as a as a singer and as a flugelhorn player uh, he was very, very much an activist, very much someone who through his music for 30 years taught people about the power and the beauty of his culture in South Africa through his music and, and story told that way in the hopes and with the energy of getting people to, to understand that like whatever they could do to help end apartheid, they should do and put pressure on their governments to do so around the world. And my father was was also somebody who just like, he was so curious about the various cultures of this world that make us a whole, you know? So the beauty for him in like studying everything from Cuban and Brazilian music to the different layers of of Mexican music and and the cultures that fueled those sounds and being able to dip into all those things from around the world. The world was my father's playground that way and that he was just radically curious about all peoples. You know, he took an immense pride in being South African and then at the same time was like, yeah, I'm interested in all of you as well. You know, my mother was a holistic health practitioner, so my house was super experimental when it came to herbs and foods and and energy work. You know, my mom was was about that life.
1: Yeah,
2: when it was not cool and people were like, "Oh, your mother's a witch." Yeah, and. I'm really, really grateful for it because it was strange. Like I would be embarrassed with like the the food that I would bring to school and the stuff that people would say about my mom. But like, she was always like five, 10, 15 years ahead of the curve. And then when it would become popular, she'd be like, I tried to tell y'all. So I I, I had this very interesting life. You know, my my mother was remarried. My stepfather was Puerto Rican. So I had a whole other like life and influence of, of culture. And then my mother and stepfather moved to Southern California when I was 16 from New York and New England to the widest part of of San Diego, uh, a town called Carlsbad on the beach, where there was like 2000 kids in my school and two of them were black and they didn't live in the neighborhood, but they were very talented runners and football players. So they they brought them in special, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It was also the first place that I ever dealt with Mexicans. I hadn't met Mexican people until I moved to my town. and so. I felt an instant draw because I grew up, you know, with Puerto Ricans and Dominicans and Jamaicans and and everybody's, you know, Panamanians, etc. So I was just like, "Yo, all right." I, I feel like I could get down with with the Mexicans, and there was also I didn't also didn't realize that there was this weird tension in Southern California between black and brown people,
0: yeah. and
2: also like the manner in which like the kids in my school felt very free to refer to the Me- like the white kids referred to the Mexican kids when they weren't around, you know, with the most. They just talk crazy, you know, yeah. you know, describing people as quote unquote wetbacks, et cetera. And I'm like, do you, you feel like you can say that in front of me? Like, don't say that shit in front of me, you know. And that's, I think, actually how I got to to become really good friends um, with the Mexicans in my school when they were just like, oh, all right, you're down with us. I was like all day, you know, learn how to how to do the dances and, yeah, uh, and everything. That. But I, uh, I my town was also where I lived. It was very much into surf culture. And I was fascinated by surfing when I saw it to me, it looked like breakdancing on water. And I was, I was a B boy. And I was like, yo, I want to dance on water too. And so I decided that I wanted to learn you know, and kids were like, but you people don't even swim. What do you mean you're going to surf? And I was like, Mm. Oh really? You know, that really lit a fire underneath me. And the first time I stood up on a surfboard, it changed my life. You know, it was like a very spiritual experience. Like I was standing riding on energy in the ocean and you know, I've been to church many times. To,
1: did you know how to swim? I knew how, I
2: knew how to swim. Okay. Because my my buildings that I had in New York, where I grew up in New York, we had a pool in the summers. Mm-hmm. And so, you you had to live specifically in our buildings to have this pool. And it was only six feet deep, but like for us, it was a country club. Yeah. You know, this little pool. It wasn't an Olympic pool, it's a small pool. But the fact that you know, a bunch of black and brown kids, for the most part, had had a pool in the summer was amazing. And we made up all sorts of hood games in the pool that made us like even stronger swimmers, you know, it was all a contest of, of, you know, who could hold their breath the longest and all this other thing. So it transferred nicely
1: mm. when
2: I was in the ocean and I wasn't, I wasn't afraid. And then once I stood up and I learned to surf, like that was it. Like I, my whole direction of my life changed. It wasn't a sport to me. You know, it was, I played basketball and played football a little bit, but basketball was my favorite sport. But immediately it was like, oh, this is a thing I want to live. I want to do this for as long as I'm here.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that because I feel like there are those moments. I can relate it to the first time I meditated. The first time I went to this temple, I was 15 years old. I ditched school because I had this little pamphlet that said, that meditation helps with stress. My mom's friend had given it to her. And it was just like, we, I, I thought it was very strange, you know, because it felt very new agey. And I'm, I always say I'm a recovering Catholic. So I, anything outside of Catholicism, I was always drawn to, right? So I'm like, okay, this is cool looking. I mean, I'm going to go check this out. And when I went and I had that experience for the first time of sitting there and being guided to my body and my breath, it was... I remember opening my eyes. I I didn't want to close them, but then I closed them for a second and then I focused on my breath and then I just, it freaked me out. So I was like, whoa, what is, what is
2: this? You're allowed to, you're allowed to spend time with you.
0: Yes. Being a mom is hard work, isn't it? It's a 24 hours a day job, seven days a week with no days off. And all day, every day, you're dealing with demands and questions from your kids. And dare I say it, maybe the husband or your wife. It's so easy to feel exhausted and out and taken for granted, like you just don't have any more to give. So what can you do to reclaim your sanity and feel like you're in control again? Some of the world's smartest moms are turning to Nutopia, a company that makes special plant-based brain formulas that fight brain fog, enhance cognitive function, and boost energy levels. Nutopia offers a variety of formulas which are customized for you based on your strengths, weaknesses, and goals. So you get exactly what you need. Taking the right formulas at the right times can help you reduce stress, anxiety, block out distractions, tap into your creativity, and a whole lot more. And you'll be amazed by how quickly they work. You'll feel the mental effects within just 15 to 30 minutes. Newtopia formulas are a total game changer. They also come with a full one-year guarantee, so there's zero risk for you to try them for yourself. It's time to upgrade your brain and take back control of your life. Simply go to newtopia.com forward slash radically loved and use Radically Loved 10 to receive up to 50% off of your first order. Again, that's newtopia.com forward slash radically loved and use the promo code Radically Loved 10 to receive up to 50% off of your first order. That's n-o-o-t-o-p-i-a.com forward slash radically loved and use the promo code Radically Loved 10.
1: I've always fancied the idea, especially growing up in Southern California, of being, a surfing, of like becoming a surfer girl. Like this was always the, I, you know, the posters of the SoCal girls and the bikini clad, sun-kissed skin. And I always felt like oh, this is something I'd really love to do. But when you grow up in an inner city, you don't, there is no pool. There is no access to going to the water, and if and if you do go to the beach, I mean, there's really no. I mean, you take. I remember we would take the um, lids of trash cans, right? To like, like a plastic round. Yeah. Can, you know, and you go and you you bodyboard on them, like you just throw them on the wave, and you just get on top and you just. It's amazing. You That's know? amazing. And so, yeah, I love that you felt that instant connection, like you belong in that arena and that space. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's ocean is so healing. Yes. You know, it's a place where you get to be and you get to live everything that's happening on land behind energetically, you know, especially coming of age. And for me, like going through all the different things I was going through with my parents, my dad was struggling with addiction, etc. You know, it was just where I like you, I'm a recovering Jehovah's witness. So Mm -hmm. I went through like, I had a crazy, crazy, super strict, strict, strict upbringing that, you know, tells you all the things that you're feeling as you're coming of age are all like from the devil and you're going to die just for thinking it, letting alone doing it. I remember growing up and yoga was literally like a way that you were going to be welcoming in the devil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know those those kind of things and meditation was another way that you'd be allowing demons to come in like crazy things like basically keeping you in this mindset that like is the only way that you're able to explore your spiritual existence is through this highly judgmental interpretation of a deity that only we can tell you about but when you grow up that way you you know, you really think that's the way until, you know, it sounds like the same for you. You started asking questions.
1: Yeah. What was that process like for you? Like, was it, did it happen as you started to connect more to, yeah, like surfing or being out in the water? Like, when did that start to bubble up in you? What was that process like for you?
2: It really started to bubble up in me in my early 20s. I was struggling for identity, you know, as to who I am. You know, I'm here I am. I'm this, I'm one of the one of the only black people in my town. So I don't really get to interact with too many people who look like me. I'm constantly dealing with like crazy, weird like microaggressions to also just like outright racism just in life. And then my my church is set up from a very, very, very white male, patriarchal. At least try to be like this if you want to be and exist. Yeah, Uh, and belong Um, and it comes with very strict and hard rules but then like the things inside me creatively that were were given to me by my musician artist father and what I was experiencing in building community and and just expression of self through surfing and snowboarding I started asking real questions but and having like a feeling a real pull to try and like chase and figure out what my dreams were I go to church three times a week and I'm that. I'm being told what my dreams are. And I honestly didn't make, I didn't make the break until I was 27, 28 years old. Wow. Just because of wanting to please my parents. And I had this friend group that, you know, if I left the church, no no one was going to be able, everyone stops talking to you. Like literally not not allowed to talk to you anymore. You're just like disowned. You're just called disfellowshipping. And so I, I, but I finally chose me. And to explore what that meant in my late 20s, and it was radical, you know, I spiraled into like crazy, crazy, crazy depression. I too suffered from immeasurable panic attacks and anxiety to the point where I had to be hospitalized. I was hospitalized like four or five different times in the span of a year from the depth and severity of the panic attacks. And also like not being young and healthy and having no understand why. And then starting to do the work and getting therapy and, and the first thing that I actually did to go and and deal with the anxiety because they had put me on medication. They put me on Ativan, which Mm -hmm. made me like so zoned out. Yeah. And so while I wasn't in fear of an attack, I was so numb. I remember I was sitting on my couch one day watching, watching like a really, really funny movie and having the inability to laugh at it. Like I knew it was funny, but I couldn't express the laughter. And I was like, yeah, this, I can't get down like this. This is, if this is going to be the way I have to live, this, this is scary. And I'm so grateful that, that, that was my, my gut was like, Hey, we got to, it's more than just putting a bandaid on it with a pill. And so the first thing I did was uh, uh, my uncle turned me on to this, this really dope Japanese acupuncturist and he, he took me on a journey. You know, like on a really, really, really powerful journey, Rosie, where I'd go sit and see him in these sessions for like two hours. He put like a hundred needles in me, top to head to toe, throw me under um, the red lights and I would just go off into outer space.
1: Yes, You know, I
2: have to sit and focus on my breath and I would have these very, very, very radical out of body experiences where I was communing with myself, but also like my higher self and, and it really felt like a deep spiritual resetting mm-hmm. that, I, that I did with this guy. And slowly I was able to wean myself off of, of the anxiety medicine and stop living in fear of the attacks and start and but actually start dealing with the root and cause and and be able to be OK with like, hey, yo, these first 28 years of your life have been real. And you have experienced some real impactful traumas that like are lodged within your your being. You're wearing them, you're holding on to them. And we gotta we gotta figure out how to identify with and eventually like do the work to let go so that this much like you we talked about at the beginning, like what you experienced as, as a youth and 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 what your surroundings were not being the definition of who you are, like the things that happen to you or the circumstances that you're in or happening around you, which, you know, that's all energy, that those don't have to be the definition of your being, that you can actually start to write your own story. And, you know, I think the way, especially here in America, we're set up to believe that like we live in this box, you know, whether it be the box of, you know, however many blocks we call our neighborhood the box of what our parents and our relatives have done for survival, just to survive and that we need to continue to perpetuate that to just survive. I think marginalized people in this country, especially black and Brown people in this country, we are here trying to like, the mindset is to survive. The idea that we get to live like to really like experience the wholeness of being without, you know, having to feel like we got to put on and be wearing Defenses all the time. It's a very radical concept because the system is is very much built for us to think that's what life is, that life yeah. is is just being in this survival energy and that yeah. we don't all deserve maximum life. joy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love everything that you're saying. I have so many questions, but I I think the first thing that you said that really struck me was the fact that you decided. And you were open to different modalities to heal, that it wasn't just like, okay, no, because I know that a lot of black and brown communities, families, therapy is not really the first place we go to, right? That's not really the, oh, go to therapy. It's like, no, this, you got to just, especially for men. I know that for sure, you're supposed to sort of like be this very stoic, deal with your issues, you know, like push through problems and.
2: this fake.
1: Yeah,
2: it's all fake. And it's so this idea of like, you just got to be tough and strong. And especially as men in our cultures, you know, that we don't get to have emotions and feel and be sensitive and be vulnerable and that we're lied into thinking that, like, we're lied to and that we don't we don't learn that the actual the power, the strength, the vulnerability is power. Vulnerability—the ability to be open and be raw with with who you are, your good and your bad—that is where the power lies, right? And so we're taught to feel like, you know, if we all stand together in these little subset and groups and like band together and, and and build these identities of what strength looks like, that that's actually being strong. That's actually safe. But inside, we're all petrified, and no one's happy in what that existence looks like. So. You know, therapy for me, that was the hardest one to to jump into because I literally thought you had to like be a crazy person. Yeah.
0: When did beauty get so complicated, so much time, too much money and not enough? Well, what works for you? That's why Kitsch was created, to simplify self-care and beauty products that give you a major boost so you can go on to the next thing. Kitsch offers game-changing, time-saving beauty essentials for hair, skin, and body. Whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices morning, noon, and night. They started in 2010 by selling hair ties door-to-door, literally just hustle and a dream. Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Their best sellers include satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks, which are my favorite. Satin is vegan and cruelty-free, which is also my favorite. And it's not like silk, which was made from silkworms. These are so great for your hair and skin while you sleep. These satin pillowcases, I'm telling you, changed my life. Kitsch is offering you 30% off of your entire order at mykitsch.com forward slash loved. That's right. 30% off of anything and everything at mykitsch spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com forward slash loved. Mykitch.com forward slash loved for 30% off of your order.
1: So, what was that process like? Yeah. What made what? Yeah.
2: A crazy person was- or, or rich and white yeah. to go to therapy. Cause right. that's what I was told by watching, you know, movies. entertainment, movies yeah. and things yeah. like that. You never saw us in therapy. So, that process for me was just reaching a point where, like, knowing that, like, if I didn't talk to some, find a space where I could just, like, listen to someone who's not going to be in judgment, but just hold a mirror up to me that I was going to like do something bad to myself. Mm -hmm. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't going to go well. And it was, it was, it was a friend. It was a a friend who really begged me and explained to me like the power of what, what it was doing in her life and that it was okay. And then I was just like, all right. And I got recommended this dude who ended up being just, you know, that's the other thing about therapy. It's like, It's not one size fits all, you know, you have to be able to build. And a lot of people have, they have one bad experience when it comes to therapists, especially for us, because if it's not somebody who can like actually have any perception of the nuances of what it is for us to exist in this world and cultures, et cetera, you're just going to be like, why am I even coming here? And I started going to see this dude. It was, it was very, very powerful. I have a different therapist now because we sort of ran our course, but like tomorrow, 10 a.m., the most exciting part of my day is knowing that I'm going to therapy and I'm going to be able to take the homework that I got two weeks ago, you know, look at what I've been able to do over the course of the last couple of weeks, high and low and where I'm at and go in and, and talk about it and gain some perspective, which I really believe we should be able to do with each other as well, like in that village mentality to be, you know, when, when someone comes up to you, when your, your friends call you, how are you? Our instant reaction is like, I'm fine, when we're not fine. But we feel like that's what we have to say. And like to me, the difference between acquaintances and friends is like, with your friends, you should be able to say exactly where you are at and they should have the ability to say yo i've got you here's some space how may i be of service you want me to just listen and say nothing cool we need to build that into how we raise our kids how we build our communities for people to know like yo i'm going through it it's not an indictment of who you are because everybody's going through it we do such an incredible job, obviously uh, in social media of like, everybody's just out here living their, their sports center, like top tens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Highlight reels.
2: <laughs> you know, strictly like living on some reels life as opposed to real life. And I, I, I hope like, I, I think therapy is amazing and we all need it. I, I love seeing these different platforms who have figured out now how to make it accessible Something that people can do over the phone or you know, via FaceTime, et cetera, and without having to spend all the money in the world. And yeah. that now people have figured out, how, OK, how do we democratize this thing that we all need to survive? This is a short life. Yes. We are not here for a long time. The other, I think, biggest lie that once I had sort of got the epiphany, I just laughed was like this idea that at a certain age or whatever, you're supposed to have it figured out. And there's no figuring it all out. You're never going to have it figured out. Anybody who tells you that they haven't figured out all out is lying. And as we can see, like even in the landscape of, of pop culture right now, right? We witness like the most powerful, popular, seemingly idyllic life having person in the world have a very, very human breakdown yeah. in real time in front of the whole world. And what's the commentary? Oh, you know, that person it should feel more responsibility. No, that responsibility that we put on on famous people who entertain us just because like, you know, everybody sees their work means that there's no superpowers. Yeah. We saw a very human, fragile person who clearly is going to do some shit in their life. And it all manifested in what was supposed to be the greatest moment of their journey. Yeah. And, and then everybody comes on line to be the judge the jury the jury the jailer and the executioner mm-hmm. and people are walking around proud like we all aren't sitting on shit that if people knew the shit that we've done they'd be like oh yeah. while walking i would be walked off to the gallows a thousand times yeah so yeah i mean i know i've gone all it's over the place there.
1: I, I was having this conversation earlier today with with somebody and about, you know, it's, it's such a nuanced thing. And I'm like, I understand. I, I totally understand. At the same time, I'm like, yo, like this shit's none of our business. First of all, I'm like, why? What's with the commentary? I'm like, can we just not? Like, I understand there was already an apology issued. I'm not saying anything other than sometimes we don't need to comment on every single thing that happens. And at the same time, it's like, this doesn't delete somebody's, lifetime body of work no. that
2: they, the accountability, should this, yeah. they should
1: have got this award so many movies ago, you know?
2: That part. And now, you know, I'm just like, look, the accountability is there. He's out in order for him to get back to a place where we, where people see him for what it is that he has to give, he's going to have to go and, and, and do the work. And you wish him and his family well. You wish Chris Rockwell, the measure that he took to not further escalate it. There's so many moving parts. Like you just feel bad for everybody involved.
0: Everybody,
1: everybody.
2: But the idea that now we all get to sit here and demand like what it is and what it isn't. Like this isn't a a politician that we elected to hold their feet to the fire to to, to literally like set the standards for the infrastructure of our lives look like. Mm -hmm. This is a person who entertains for a living and has been doing so for like 40 years in a way that like defies logic. And then yes, we saw him have a, a, the horrible moment where he bared the worst of himself. Nobody died. And we should all actually get on with our lives because like, there's way, way bigger issues that are like a threat to our existence
1: yeah. and
2: that, but it is a way the sad part about social media, right? Is that, well, the good part about social media is that everybody got a voice. The sad part about it. Social media is that everybody got a voice. Yeah. Right. And and I
1: think (laughs) think the best part or the best thing that I heard today was like, it's so sad that everybody in that night, like hard work got overshadowed by this thing. And I'm like, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time you're talking about it, why aren't you talking about the winners instead of commenting on this thing that happened? Yeah. Perpetuating this. You know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah.
2: You know, I was so happy for Quest Love. You know,
0: I mean, literally.
2: Summer of Souls, amazing movie. My father was featured in that movie. My dad played at that festival. I was, I got to get interviewed in the film uh, about my, yeah, about my dad. I, when you watch it, you'll see. And I was thrilled. I loved the whole, you know, but my, but I, I loved when, um, you know, the the Encanto with, with Meg Thee And I was like, all right, Meg, come through. <laughs>
1: That was so good. Great it, was, performance.
2: it was awesome. Like it was, it was, it was it, watching an Oscars that really felt relevant to the entirety of the culture without any of it feeling forced. And then like, oh yeah, like there was a shitty moment that happened, but like overall I was like, this is a great time for entertainment. This is a great time for like the entertainment that matters to us, that a movie about the deaf community wins best picture. Good storytelling doesn't matter. Like, great storytelling is going to resonate with all peoples. And the fact yeah. that like that happened, that says so much about how we're moving forward.
1: Yeah. But you know, and we like the love. Ariana is H- winning too. Yeah, I mean, come on, this is like Afro-Latino wins. I was like, I was done. The minute that that happened, I'm like, I'm I'm. You're like, I'm
2: good, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, right. and, the,
1: the, right. and the final win of the night, too, because I'm yeah. like, like I said, I've been waiting for this win for many movies ago. There's mm. been many films that have happened that have had that level of that should have had that level of accolades and mm. variety and recognition. So I get it. And look, obviously, we can totally have the separate conversation. Maybe we need, maybe we need to have our own commentary on, on this. But I want to bring the conversation back to you and what you're passionate about right now and what you're focusing on, because again, it's something that I feel like really inspires me, you know, in in so many ways. So, what are you working on right now that you're excited about, and what is your wish? Mm. Sure.
2: That's that's a, that's a nice that's a that's a nice two hander you gave me just there. <laughs> I'm really excited about my clothing company, Mami Wata. I'm wearing a shirt right yeah, now. I'm
1: I'm gonna need to get one of them just like. So uh, thank you.
2: So, Mami Wata is a West African deity of, of Mother Ocean, and uh, the brand Mamiwata Wata really stands for this idea of a surf lifestyle, outdoor lifestyle brand, but through a really African lens. In storytelling, the diverse relationship of of African peoples to the ocean. And I've wanted to to be a part of of, or to have an opportunity to do a brand like this for a very, very long time. And it just so happened that I was able to meet a couple of guys from South Africa about four years ago that were doing it. This had just started it in in Cape Town. And I went to visit them. I got hooked up with them by a friend and we just immediately resonated. And I was like, y'all want to bring this to the States? Because I'm down. And they're like, yeah. Do you want to join us and be a co-founder? Absolutely. And so we're about to open uh, our pop-up, our Mami Wata pop-up for the next four, four and a half months on Abbott Kinney. Um, it opens tomorrow. And I'm really, really excited. People can check it out online. Mami Wata, surf, M-A-M-I, Wata, W-A-T-A, surf.com. And my, my dad had a song called Mami Wata in 1975. So it's like very, very strange the way you know, I find myself in this, in this moment. It's a beautiful song. You can find it on Spotify. His name is Hugh, Hugh Masakela. So I'm really, really excited about it. I'm really excited about hopefully being able to use this brand to help open the doors for for other Indigenous communities to be able to talk about and highlight and tell their story about their relationship with the ocean, you know, and, and, and what that means for all of us, because it really is for all of us. I also, I've been an aspiring actor, a musician for a long time. So I make music under my alias Alakazam, which is my last name, Masikela backwards is Alakazam. So I've got a couple of records out that I'm very, very proud of but I just got cast in a, a a pretty big series uh recurring role in a in a series called Flamingo on Apple Plus so I'll be out shooting shooting that uh in Baltimore this summer.
0: Clap
1: track please. Thank you. Very much.
2: <laughs> and um yeah that just happened. I just got cast on Thursday. So that's been my dream for a really really long time. Like I I've, I've played myself, I've cameoed in a bunch of different films and and some TV shows, but the idea to, you know, to be able to like Really, be bare and, and put myself in a character yeah. has come through. So, I'm excited. You know, my foundation, uh, Stoked Mentoring, which takes Black and Brown kids, teaches them about life through skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing. We're working really hard to introduce those kids to what internships look like, etc., and um, helping them map out what their what their lives can be. As I said before, like breaking the idea of the box. Yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun right now, I, I, I'm the, f- the first person of color to sit on the executive board at Burton Snowboards on their board of directors. That was a huge honor to receive last year. So I'm sitting on that board with a bunch of like badass business people and they really value my perspective and what from a culture standpoint. and I'm sitting here like learning the, the best about. but I feel like I'm in grad school from a, from a, for, for business. So I'm, um, yeah, I'm having having a lot of fun, still doing some work with Red Bull as well. I've been there for like 10 years. So yeah, things are good.
0: You probably know that the human body is made mostly of water. What you probably don't know is that everything else in your body is 50% amino acids. These building blocks of life are essential for health and fitness. No matter how you like to move, Whatever you do to stay fit, amino acids are truly essential. That's why Keon Aminos is my fundamental supplement for fitness. I drink them every day for energy, muscle, and recovery. Kian Aminos is backed by over 20 years of clinical research and has the highest quality ingredients. There are no fillers or junk. It undergoes rigorous quality testing and tastes amazing with all natural flavors. So if you want to naturally boost your energy, build lean muscle, or enhance athletic recovery, you need to get Kian Aminos. You can now save 20% off on monthly deliveries and 10% off one-time purchases. Just go to getkeoncom forward slash radically loved. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com forward slash radically loved to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Kion Aminos. Get kion.com forward slash radically loved. You'll save 20% off of the monthly delivery or 10% off of a one-time purchase.
1: That's great. I mean, it's really, it truly is so inspiring. I do have one final question, and you just basically filled in every single reason why I wanted to talk to you here. <laughs> I love that. It's like we waited till the end. I'm like, this is why we wanted to talk to you on the show. And it truly is. I mean, it, it, people like you really inspire me, and they just, it makes me, like I said, it makes me remember. That there are, that it is possible to move the needle in the opposite direction, especially when we're feeling really stuck or we're feeling like we can't do something or something's not made for us or we can't do a certain sport because of whatever reason has been systematically embedded into our DNA, that that's not true. And we can actually make a difference and we can actually create our own path and we can build our own life and we can make our own choices. And so I, I really uh, am inspired by by your creativity and your, your way of, of being an artist and an innovator. And I am just, I'm really grateful that. Well,
2: I really appreciate uh, this conversation. You know, I had a lot of people that showed me where the possibilities lie. You know, first of all, my parents you know, they 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 definitely were relentless. My dad, my 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 mom, you know, they were very very relentless in literally showing me that we do have access to all of it, that it is ours, and that these spaces that they try to say are not for you, that is, you know, it's as fake as the fact that like you're never gonna see a border between an actual line and border because they don't exist. Um, it's all made up. So I've had a lot of people before me who inspired me and pushed me, helped me, you know, gave me a lot of opportunities where somebody was like at a company or something and they weren't running the company, but they were like knew that like, all right, if I can get, if I can get the homie in here, I know he's going to do something with it. So then they get a little crack, crack the door open or crack the window open and be like, slide through, climb through here like it's wide open, you know, and that's always been my mindset. You know, if there's a little bit of space that I can see, I'm going to figure out how to get through there as if it was wide open. It's going to hurt and I might get cut and fail and have to figure out new angles to get in. But I'm going to get in there if I believe and know inside me that I have something to give. Mm -hmm. And I think for for your listeners, you know, for people who are watching this, like everybody has that and we all walk up against that fear of, you know, I, I liken it to um, the difference between jumping with a parachute off of something and jumping off of this ledge without a parachute, but, but the, with the knowledge and whole belief that you're fine, that you're, you, you need to fly free and not have the safety of, of the parachute, that you're going to be able to, to, to land safely. That's tough. Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing to do, but once you get out there and you, you get out of, I used to have this mindset that I was I was swinging from vine to vine, so much energy to hold on and then like reach for this next thing and be safe here before letting go. Too much energy, and I'd be exhausted and never make it to where I needed to go. So then I just you know I really just started to be like fuck it, I'm just jumping. Um, and the more I actually jumped with with you know not recklessly but with the the real knowledge and, and belief. Of what I have to give, what everybody who's listening and watching, what you have to give. No one has what you have to give. That is an unassailable fact. Trust it. If you trust that part and know that like what that thing is beating inside of you is is yours. That's your IP. It's original. Can't be duplicated. I really do believe that you can live as holy as you intend to. Yeah, I love
1: that. The final question, and I I almost feel like you've answered this question so many times already. But the before I ask you the final question, actually, where can people go for more information to connect with you?
2: You can follow me on a gram at Selema. S E L E M A at Selma on the gram, as well as on Twitter. Yeah, those are the two places that I play in. <laughs> I don't know why that was just such
1: such an authentic. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one way of saying it, right? Yeah, strictly.
2: (laughs) On the gram. On the gram. Yeah, that's that's where where I am. And you can check out stokedmentoring.org.
1: Okay, and we'll link all of the links that Salama just mentioned in the show notes. If you're watching the video, it's in the description below. If you're listening to this, wherever you listen to your podcast, it'll be in the show notes. The final question has to do with why I created the podcast. And it's this idea that we are radically loved by God, source, higher power, whatever you believe in, that the universe Mm. works for us and not against us. Mm. So the final question to you is, how do you feel,
2: radically loved? Well, firstly, you know, every day that I wake up, and you know, you run the system's check, and everything is still functioning. That moment is just like that's. I'm immediately filled with the knowledge that I am radically loved. You know, I'm I'm radically loved. Well, I'm presently like very much in love, in like a real adult, healthy highly vibrating level of communication, drama, not being the theme relationship, you know, and and building actual connectivity and friendship in amongst the monks, the rest of the ingredients. It took me a long ass time, but wow, you know, being in a relationship where you realize that like, where you're able to see what, The requirements of the person that you're with know their requirements, the difference between their expectations and their requirements and vice versa, and both looking to, you know, to fill those. I wish someone would have told me that a long time ago, but it's just, just, I'm better as a result. And I, I wake up with far more intention to be better, you know, for myself and for this thing that we're building. You know, I feel radically loved when I get to have conversations like this, you know, where, you know, sometimes it's very easy to feel like an only, you mm-hmm. know, especially when you're speaking against the grain of, from a societal standpoint, when you're, where you're shining the spotlight on the areas where you're just like, yo, this shit needs to change. It's, it's, you, you can feel unpopular. It makes people uncomfortable. But when, you know, when, when I get to have a conversation with someone like you, who's out here doing the work every day, To make it so that those people who feel like an only realize that they're not an only and that there is true community and endless possibility in what our lives can be. That's being in communal, in radical communal love. You know, contrary to all the bad shit that goes down in the world, I very much believe that we are mostly connected and all one vessel and we can fight against it all we want. But like at the end of the day, it is that is what it is. And so I continue to root for the best of what we can be as humans, as individuals and as, as and as a collective. So, yeah, that's uh, how I would say um, I'm sitting in it at present.
1: Oh, that is so, I'm like, you could have kept going. That was really, <laughs> that was really good. Salama, so, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story again is, so incredibly inspiring and I'm, I'm so grateful congratulations on on all of your projects everything that you're doing i'm so looking forward to seeing your new show it's very exciting for all of us we're all going to tune in and thank we look you forward to having a conversation with you maybe in person soon
2: yeah i look forward please come visit us at the store and we'll flip the script and have you on the what shapes Us podcast as well it'd be Amazing.
1: great all I here right. and I have it recorded, so you're beholden. Exactly.
2: Now. No, it'll be it'll be my my pleasure. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.